Blog Talk Radio. I had to find yes. out that five, but I was, it was on my mind on my way home. 
exactly. Today we got a fabulous, fabulous show. We have artist Lil Middle Measy, uh, author Tiger, and artist Dr. Phil. They're going to be kicking in the chat room door today. We're talking to talk about soul searching. Mm-hmm. That's a good topic. And um, actually, when I saw soul searching and I saw Dr. Phil, I didn't see the artist before, then I was like, let me find out Alicia got connections. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? No, no, I ain't that good yet. Look, my my Rolodex ain't that good yet. But, you know, I'm working on that. But, no, it's not that good yet. Because that would have been a topic right up his alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited because we have some fabulous authors on today, uh, a fabulous artists on today. We're going to talk that talk. And, you know, everybody's soul searching. And I think mm-hmm. soul searching because when things happen in your life, you you don't have a choice but to start looking around. And you start looking at you first, especially right. when things are not going right, when things are not going right, when things are out of control, when you don't have peace. And whether mm-hmm. you're an artist or an author, you search. You know, you, you soul search. And mm-hmm. it, it could be anybody. But as an artist, they mm-hmm. put it out in their music. Right. And as authors, they put it out in their pen whatever it is that they're Mm -hmm. going through, whatever it is that they need to um, recover from or have peace from Mm -hmm. or find peace in. Mm -hmm. And and it's a way of healing. Mm -hmm. But that's interesting, Leach, because sometimes everybody doesn't doesn't walk that journey. They may not be at that place to, to think that it's them. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they may, they may look around and, and blame others, but it's a lot of, like mm-hmm. the topic says, soul searching in order to find out. You got to look internal. You got to look within yourself. If everything mm-hmm. is going haywire around you, at some point, you do have to look within. You missed the mark. And just, you know, and, and meditate on that. So it takes a lot to mm-hmm. get to that point, and unfortunately, it takes some longer than others, but it's a point nonetheless that has to be reached. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And like our trending topic today or this week on social media, it came from a conversation that I had with author Byron Carey. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just like a real conversation. We have these conversations all the time, but it was like a real, you know, shoot from the hip, straight conversation. And I was like, wow, that would be a great topic. So shout out to Byron for giving me that idea. And, you know, Byron Carey, for those that uh, may not be familiar, he has an awesome pen. So go make sure you pick up that Cloud of Judgment Parts 1 and 2. But if you really sit down and talk to Byron, he can get really deep, Leash. You know, I had the pleasure and the opportunity to meet him. And just to be in his presence, he has such a laid-back, calm demeanor. Oh, yeah. And, he is. And he when really he is. talks, yes, and when he talks, you can tell that he has thought about the words that are coming out of his mouth. So shout out to Mr. Byron Carey. And I would have been a, loved to have been a fly on the wall with that conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, because I I think it also comes from growth. You know, he, he's young, but he's lived a lot of life. He's probably lived more life than me, you, and all our artists on the show put together. You know what I'm saying? Just by his right. experience. And, 
we're going to have, we had them on the show um, the week before last. Make sure you guys hit our archives. Oh, no, we did not. He uh, had a family emergency, so we're going to have to get him on the right. show, and we're going to talk that talk right. to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, Lisa, you we usually like get right into the to the to the show. It's not like we have new people that are joining us, and for all those that are tuning in and, and streaming and joining us live, thank you guys so much. But just to give you a little uh, insight of what Lisa and I love to do here on this chat, and what we try to bring to our listening audience, we love to celebrate literature, and not just literature, but every walk through life, as you can tell from our trending topics. We try to touch everything that's associated with your, you and your community and just bring it to you in a royal way, no matter what it may be. Our show allows all avid readers and all participants to just interact in a fun, intimate, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do. And we have three passionate guests on the show tonight, so I can't wait to hear what drives them. And if you have any questions or any comments, please just press your number one, and we'll bring you into the chat room and let you interact on that personal, intimate, and friendly tone. So thank you all for joining us tonight. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say one more thing. Arthur Nini Capri, where is that trap five? You said the 31st. Today is the first, ma'am. Today is the first. <laughs> yes, Miss Nene Capri. Speaking of Nene, we had an amazing show last Friday evening. It was hot up in the chat room with Damon, I mean Meadows, Nene Capri as a guest. Yes. He, he was we talking at Convict Candy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so check those archives out. We're going to take a brief break and then we will be back with our first guest. Author, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my Bonnie, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in hills, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Block. Pump like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever Think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife. So all them shots be misses, bitch. Get you a life. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on, one line at a time. One snore, she gone. Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on, one line at a time. One snore, she gone. Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll 
drop one whiff and I'm gone. Yeah, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The poor taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers, and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Yes, we are back. We are back. That was a fabulous author, director of with the pen publisher, literary consultant, the fabulous Erin Bebo. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Now, we have our first guest. She's coming to kick it with us in the chat room. She is a cancer survivor, and she took that and turned that into a brand, a book, and so much more. The fabulous author, Tyga. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Now, for all of those that are not familiar with your pen, your purpose, and your brand, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Um, my name is Britannia Bryant. Um, I've always gone by the name Tiger, which is a family name. Um, I was mm-hmm. diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 25. I'm now 31, and due to my age, I decided to be an advocate for breast cancer awareness for young girls. I started a nonprofit, which is Tiger Beat for Breast Cancer, and I accidentally wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) You say accidentally, but you got to explain that, girl. (laughs) Well, um, I've never been very vocal, and through the whole time of going through breast cancer, I wasn't really able to vocalize what I was going through, so I used Mm -hmm. to write about it. So one day someone asked me, why don't I turn it into a book? And I was like, I don't really want people reading, you know, what I was going through or how I was feeling because it was really raw and it was really emotional to even try to write mm-hmm. it or try to put everything into words. So, mm-hmm. But I remember when I was going through my experience and I was looking for literature of someone that looked like me and I couldn't find it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's powerful. This is Tony um, Tiger. We're going to try to remember to identify ourselves because we've been told we sound so much alike. But on yes. this journey, <laughs> on this journey of you accidentally writing a book, you know, and, and on top of what you were going through on a personal level, what gave you the strength to keep on? I mean, I'm sure you found out things about yourself that you may not have even known had you not sat down and penned this book, accidentally, of course. <laughs> right. Uh, what gave me the strength is just, honestly, those that were around me, um, mm-hmm. even those that weren't around me, and just realizing who was really there for me and who really wanted me around, and mm-hmm. especially being so young and encountering so many women that were older or people that had already lost someone, and I, I had things I wanted to do. I was, you know trying to enter my mm-hmm. career, just graduated college, so I had things I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of motivated me. That's motivation in and of itself. But on this journey, Tiger, this is still Tony, did you find the need to lean on one? Was there anyone in particular that gave you that strength to keep putting that pen to paper? Uh, my mother, of course, is always very motivational. Um, she never really let me see her break. Um, at the mm. time, my brother had twin girls, so they were kind of my outlet because they were babies. That, so they were the only ones I could hang around that wouldn't bring up the word cancer. So, mm. and, and me and my brother are the only, you know, like siblings, so I wanted to be there so they could have an aunt. <laughs> That's powerful. There's nothing like the the love of a babe, and out of the, as they say, out of the mouth of babe comes sometimes comes strength. Right. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel after completing this this book? I mean, what has been the the response of your readers? Um, I feel accomplished. It's not something I ever said I kind of wanted to do initially, but mm-hmm. I put it on my bucket list, and all I ever wanted to do was just finish it. I didn't really anticipate people really buying it or actually reading it and just mm-hmm. to kind of see everyone who's been sending me pictures that they bought it or telling me that they read it or they bought two or passed one to a friend. So it it mm-hmm. feels good. It's mm-hmm. weird, but it's humbling. <laughs> I'm sure that is a, a good feeling. And speaking of bucket list, is there anything else on that bucket list that you may accidentally want to, to tackle? Oh, my bucket list is kind of long, but <laughs> really, one of my that's a good thing. To <laughs> definitely travel, and after I got diagnosed, I was able to actually get the job that I wanted, and now I'm a flight attendant, so I'm kind of knocking off a lot of things on my list that I wanted to do, and I wanted to help people, so and everything just kind of fell into place. Wow, that sounds exciting, a flight attendant. Yes, it's fun. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do you find that you can, can um, do you find yourself thinking about, uh, first of all, do you plan on continuing your writing career? Oh, I'm not sure if I have something else that I feel needs to be told and definitely uh-huh. um, I've never been I'm not a big girl and I don't really like to speak on myself unless there's something that I feel like needs to be heard 
And mm-hmm. this, I felt like, needed to be heard. Like, no one ever talked to me about breast cancer or mammograms or, you know, that's something I thought I had to worry about later on. Mm-hmm. But that obviously wasn't the case for me. But no one kind of tells you what you can possibly do to hopefully prevent those things from happening. Everyone kind of mm-hmm. tells you what to do after, and everyone knows chemo and mastectomies and everything, but what if you could not even get to that place? Like, I would have loved to have mm-hmm. not gone through all of that, but it is what it is at mm-hmm. this point. But no one ever right. talked to me about, you know, eating properly or eating, you know, not just for taste but for nutrition and, you know, monitoring all the toxins you're putting into your body. No one ever talked to me about all that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, um, Tiger, this is still Tony. By you being as young as you were when you were diagnosed with it and not being, you know, spoken to regarding it, can you give our listening audience three jewels that you would just like to, put, to partake onto them as far as, you know, checking themselves out and eating right and what they should, the signs they should look for even, or just, just the overall health? being so young, because a lot of people do think down the road, like you said with mammograms, you start getting them at a certain age once a year. But being so young, how would you talk to a young audience listener? Um, what I would say to them is to to have your own voice. I was turned away by several doctors, you know, because of my age and I had no family history. And if I didn't have a voice and say, no, I, I know something's not right, then I probably wouldn't even be here right now. Um, mm-hmm. something else I would say is to monitor your internal as much as you monitor your external. Um, I'm kind of in that generation and I'm accidentally a millennial, but we're we're more focused on how we look and, you know, how long our weave is, how big your butt is, like but we're not thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, the long term effects of what we're doing as adolescents. Mm-hmm. And what we mm-hmm. feed our children, not just even food-wise, but energy-wise. Like, are you hanging around people that are dragging you down? Are you in situations that mm-hmm. are causing you stress? And stress brings on illness. Um, That's true. And also being ignorant to your to your surroundings and your situations. It's so easy. I, I felt like it was easy in the beginning for me to point the blame or why did this happen to me or someone should have been looking or someone should have been checking or but ignorance is a choice. I could have just as easily made myself more aware of things and taken responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's well. Now, um, Tiger, this is still Tony. You said something that was key, that's very key, no family history. And I think um, a lot of women that may not in their quote-unquote family history may shy away from really looking and, and paying attention to something that, that can even happen. And if you're not familiar with your family history, you should still take it upon yourself to, to do those those checkups with it for yourself. You know, you feel around, like they always say, when you're in the shower with your arms up. You should always mm-hmm. take those type of precautions, whether you have it in your family or not. And that was just so key, and I'm so glad you touched upon that because that's so important. Right, because when I initially felt the lump myself, I wasn't even doing a, a breast exam, but I tend to kind of like cross my arms when I sleep, and I used to feel it. And I was 24 at the time. I went into the doctor, and I let them know they did a sonogram, but because of my age and, 
like I said, the family history, they just turned me away and told me to come back in six months. Mm-hmm. I came back in four. I felt like it was still there or getting bigger. And they mm-hmm. basically told me, you know, this is not the time that we told you to come back. Like, we need you to follow, you know, our instructions. So, you know, mm-hmm. listen to a doctor. I'm feeling like a hypochondriac, like I'm making something out of nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, but when you do your research and you actually read up on it, most women that are diagnosed with breast cancer have no family history. So, honestly, right. that should not be the factor. But exactly. it does. So, look at it as the medical business is still a business. Mm-hmm. And not uh, just take no for an answer. I mean, like you, exactly, you, but you it's were so persistent much because you know yourself. It's nothing. Or calm down. Or you, I'm not a doctor. What do I know anyway? Doctors are still mm-hmm. people. They, mm-hmm. they make mistakes. Yes, they do. <laughs> and it could have been a point where you may not have even had six months to come back. If You know, you never know. Because things can just escalate at any time. So I'm so glad and you're so blessed that you were you were persistent about being probably checked out. Right. But, I mean, Absolutely. if I would have caught it earlier, I probably could have not taken such drastic measures. Like, I did the chemo, I did mm-hmm. the black mm-hmm. mastectomy, you know, so that. That's true. I definitely agree. And I just want to chime in because, you know, a lot of times you go to the doctor and it's kind of like going through the drive-thru. They come in the room, they look at your chart, hey, how you doing? They shake your hand, all right, all right, check, 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 all right, I'm out. And and that connection, that, that understanding, that communication with your doctor is not there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where you where you feel comfortable with the doctor and you can sit and the doctor is, is concerned about you and how you're feeling and you know, that's that's a thing of the past. It's hard to find a really good doctor. So when you finally found that doctor, uh, what was that experience like? Um, that experience was it was intimidating and it was scary because, of course, you know, that was my first mammogram and my last mammogram. But the initial people that I was going to never even performed a mammogram because insurance doesn't even want to pay for it until the age of 40. And they would have mm-hmm. basically get me a script written to get the mammogram. So when I finally went pinion, um, mm-hmm. I had Dr. Harris. She was awesome. She gave me my mammogram, but before I could put my clothes on, she showed me my images, and it obviously did not look good. So, I mean, it was very intimidating. But then after that, it's just a snowball effect of, okay, now things are just picking up. So now I have to pick an oncologist. Now I'm doing PET scans. Now I'm doing CAT scans. So now everything is a rush game because I'm sure we all know with any, you know, illness, especially cancer, it's a, it's a time game. So, you know, the more time that you're taking away from it, it might lead to more drastic measures. Mm-hmm. And finding that on college, like you said, it's a, it's almost like you're in a drive through where everyone's so used to the, okay, six rounds of chemo, mastectomy, radiation, and everyone's giving you this cookie-cutter kind of process for what you have to do, and nobody really looks up and is and looking in my face. Like, I'm talking to a 25-year-old. Yes, she's an adult, but she's a child. Right. And it was hard to find somebody that understood like what it was gonna feel like for me 
at 25 to not have my breast or to be going through mm-hmm. chemo. And a lot of people at that age that are getting diagnosed, I didn't have a job yet that had, you know, those benefits. Like, you know, on the mm-hmm. contrast, that, that had, God forbid, had it been my mother, you know, she's been on her job for 15, 20 years. She has mm-hmm. the benefits. She has the 401K. She has the resources to lean back on. A 25-year-old mm-hmm. doesn't have that. Right. Uh-huh. That's so true. And just to put a spin on it, you know, I, I, I get my annual mammograms, but just the emotional turmoil that you go through. Just my last mammogram last year, you know, you go in. First of all, it's not the greatest test to take. It's so painful. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just so painful. But then when you get a letter in the mail or you get a call back, which is what happened to me, that they want to come in and retest, you just mm-hmm. freeze up. You have no idea what what they could have found. And then you go to another location where they do more intense screening is where I went. I went with my daughter. And when you see women come in and go and come in and go and you're still waiting to to go in, to, to find out the results of your second exam, your life literally flashes before your eyes. My daughter is like, she was in the car praying and crying because she knows I'm in there waiting. It's just that moment of not knowing is the worst thing in the world. You know, and, and you sit there, you try to remain calm, you sweating, you're literally sweating. And I, I can't, I can't, I do not want to go through that. And that's just something that I, I know is coming up again that annual mammogram, but it's very emotional. And you try to talk about stress, you can't help but be stressed at a time like that. So it's very stressful. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of praying and keeping calm. And it, it, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. So I, I, I kind of feel what you're saying. <sighs> just thinking about it just takes me back. <laughs> it's stressful. It's very stressful. It really like, is. It's like the way they kind of talk mm-hmm. to you and just call your name and pass you along. It's like they're so mm-hmm. monotone and immune to everything that they forget that you're a person and you're scared. Mm-hmm. Very, very. Well, we so appreciate you sharing your journey with us. And I hope, um, you know, if we have any women listeners on the line, to just, just take a moment and just, you know, be mindful of those are the things that we as women go through. And whether you have it in your family history or not, just always be mindful of those things. Mm-hmm. And not just women, men too. It's very important that they're men are checked. Um, because they can do yeah. breast cancer just as well as women can. So it's important yeah, that sure. men, you know, you, you check and make sure that everything is everything going on in your body. Mhm, mm-hmm. and be a support yeah. system for those women that they know are going through it. It's difficult mm-hmm. to, you know, at 25 to deal with that that body image of, you know, something always changing or something missing. I had about seven surgeries in a time frame of like a year and a half. But so, you mm-hmm. know, 25 oh, is that like most of my friends are dating or getting engaged or getting married or having kids, and you mm-hmm. know, it's tough to think that you have to date and explain this on top of everything else. Right. So right. That's a, a lot. System, it's a lot. Absolutely. So when you sat down to, to write this book on accident, it's so many things <laughs> we do on accident. I don't think writing the book is one, but that's okay. 
We're going to move on. <laughs> so when you I sat down to, to accidentally to accidentally write the book, tell us about that process because writing is a process. What was it like for you? Um, writing is it was something that it was my kind of just outlet because when I usually would would try to talk to people about it, I would choke up or I would just start crying and get frustrated. Or it was just, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it, I'm fine. And you get so used to saying, I'm okay through the whole process because everyone's calling, are you okay? How do you face? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. So when I started writing about it, I didn't have anybody to interrupt me. I didn't have anybody to, you know, kind of project what they were feeling or what they were going through or the questions that they had and why aren't you doing this? I heard you should do that and don't let them cut you. So it was kind of like, okay, I hear all of you guys. I hear all the voices in my head. I I need everything to stop. So that was just my kind of way of just making everything stop because once I put it on paper, I was done with it. But I think the hardest part about trying to write it was having to reread it and Mm -hmm. having to edit myself and have to, piece it together because when I wrote it I didn't really I never wrote a book before and I didn't know how to do it but I didn't mm-hmm. write any type of format I would just write as it came to me if something bothered me when I was sitting in class or bothered me when I'm sitting at work I would just start writing about it just to get it off of my brain mm-hmm. so trying to read it back and put it together it's kind of like reading your own diary you're like oh my god this is how I was feeling <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. it was tough but liberating, I guess. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn about yourself on that journey? I mean, I'm sure you you found out things about yourself that you may not have even realized existed within you. Right. Um, I think I learned it's okay to talk about myself, mm-hmm. um, that there are people that actually do want to hear what's going on with you and that your feelings are valid to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um. I learned it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to say I'm not all right. <laughs> um, I guess it's okay to be human. <laughs> Absolutely. In a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a lot. Now, what has life been like ever since? Like, you've you've been through so much. You're still young. You still have so much life ahead of you. Um, how have you just kind of gathered up everything um, that you have so far and took that step forward to move forward and, and start branding yourself and moving yourself into a different area in life? Um, I think what I've been trying to do is just realize how valuable my time is and try not to waste it. Um. I just started paying more attention to things and things that distract me Mm -hmm. Um, because I think the main thing that bothered me when I got diagnosed is they come in, they give you all this paperwork and all these bar graphs, and they give you a time span, like basically like a a chart of like, okay, if you do chemo, you're going to live maybe for five years. If you do this, it's going to add this much onto your lifespan. And you never really think about how much time do I have, like, we all know we're going to die, but nobody ever put it on a bar graph. And for me to sit there at 25 
and have someone tell me how long I might live depending on what I do and what procedures I take and don't take, it mm-hmm. made me really like kind of just think about it and put a perspective like what am I spending my time on? Who am I wasting my time on? How much time do I spend looking at this stupid phone or watching idiocy on TV? Like what am I really doing with my time? So mm-hmm. I just started trying to make everything as valuable and as rich as possible. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah. try to live to be happy, I guess. That's doing so cool. for me. So tell us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a tall order for someone to take on. They're so young and, 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 and you would just naturally think you have your whole life ahead of you, but then you you, you look and you say tomorrow is not promised. So that's mm-hmm. a small tale, and it sounds like you have your head on right where you're able to tackle it, you know, on a daily basis and just make the most of everything and not take anything for granted. Mhm. And it's a lot because we have so many distractions. We have so many Mhm. We have so many things that take us out of focus, and we don't right. even realize it. Like, when I walk around now, I realize how many people's heads are down, and, and you're mm-hmm. just on your phone, you're just distracted, and you don't even know mm-hmm. who or what could be passing you by, but you're distracted. We look for distractions that give us no kind of value. Mm-hmm. And, and it, now it frustrates me because I'm like, you don't even know what, what to, what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, if you don't even get mm-hmm. diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, are you happy with what you're doing? Do you feel like you're actually yeah. living? Mm-hmm. Talk that talk, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny that you said that because um, my mother passed. It will be two years um, on Saturday. And wow. okay. ever since then, it's like I want to live life. I just don't want to exist in life. And a lot of times – we settle in life. We do. We settle. Mm-hmm. We settle for this. We settle for that. We just settle. We really don't live. We we just exist. And I think we're so wired by society. We're we're so wired wacky that it's hard for mm-hmm. us to discern and know, well, how should I live and how do I want to live? And, and, you know, it's always that one person or two people that have a problem with this and have a problem with that. And it's hard. But it's a process. Mm-hmm. You have to really say to yourself, I don't want to settle in life. I don't want to, because settling means I'm just existing. I'm not pushing forward. I'm not doing anything. I'm just there. I'm there floating around, making somebody else the center of my world. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, be you, do you, for you. For you. Mm-hmm. You have to. You really have to. And like you said, we're trained to please everybody else, whether it's a a man, whether it's your mother, whether it's your job. And we thought, okay, we have to do this. We have to do this. You don't have to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, those people have their lives. That job is still going to be that job, whether you leave it today or not. Mm -hmm. That your mother has lived her life, has done her things. That man will move on and find somebody else. And then you'll still be sitting Mm -hmm. like, what was wrong? Mhm. Oh, That's right. Now, tell us what's next for Tyga. What what what's what's ahead for you? Um, what's next for me is as shy as I am about it. I know I 
have to push this book. Um, for the people that don't know it's out there, I want them to know it's there because when I sat in Barnes and Noble and I was in my thoughts and I was looking for breast cancer books, all I found was middle-aged white women that had no relation to me, and I wanted someone who looked, felt, and experienced life the way I did to understand mm-hmm. more of what I was about to go through. So mm-hmm. for me, um, what I hope is just to help somebody else, hopefully mm-hmm. to prevent somebody else from going through what I went through. Mm-hmm. And if, God forbid, they do go through it to help ease their minds and just let them know it's okay, that there's brighter days ahead, Um and even though we can't choose what happens to us, you can turn it into whatever you want. You choose your attitude. You you choose, you know, what you focus on. So mm-hmm. that's what's next mm-hmm. to me. It's just there's living in my purpose. Well, Tyga, this is Tony. I just want to commend you because you have gone through a lot these last six years and to start out. It, it it may even seem like you, your life started at, at 25 when you were first diagnosed, but you have come, and just from us talking to you this evening, you have lived a rich life these last six years, and it sounds like you are on your journey to, to continue to learn and grow, and I love what you have contributed to um, this cause, because like you said, a lot of people don't realize and that you can get breast cancer at 25, and you want to be able to relate to someone that looks like you, you know, and and you that's more relatable. So I'm I hope and I pray this book uh, brings some answers, as it brings some light, and just brings some strength to those that read it. And um, you know, you are welcome here anytime, Tiger. You don't be shy because I think you're doing an amazing job. <laughs> I don't thank feel you. a tie bone in your in your voice, but thank you so much for joining us and sharing your very personal journey, a journey that you you have taken on with strength, girl. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, here on the chat room, we always do something a little fun. We like to have a little fun. Okay. Um, I'm sure Tony would be on her best behavior, but I don't know, so I'm going to say clutch your pearls now. (laughs) 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 No, I'm going to be good because Tiger has been an amazing guest tonight, and I I just kind of feel a a, a connection there, especially after my breast cancer scare last year. So I'm going to keep it good for you tonight, Tiger. But I don't know about next time you come up in the chat room, girl. (laughs) (laughs) But all I see when I talk to you and all I felt was heroism. So your fun question tonight is if you were a superhero and you had superpowers, powers, what would they be? And it could be any kind of power you make up because I just see power with Miss Tiger. Any kind of thing. That's a good one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I would be able to transport I was able to put myself mm-hmm. wherever I want to be whenever I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That way I could That's travel more. Power. I could do it quicker. Somebody needed me somewhere, or if I wanted to do something, I could just be right there. But I want to be able to wiggle my nose and do it like Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
for Bewitched. Oh, wiggling <laughs> nose, Tabitha. I love it. <laughs> but thank you so much. Why. We so appreciate you. I like that, though. I like that leash. Yes, awesome. I love her. You know, you are welcome back anytime. If you got a Facebook page, make sure you share, you, you tag us in your post so that we can share your book. Y'all make sure y'all go out yes, and go and click ma'am. that book. Now, for all of Absolutely. those who want to go out and click that book, they want to keep up with Tiger, to everybody on social media uh, and where everybody can pick your books up. Uh, my Instagram is Tiger B for BC, which is T Y G A B, the number four, B C. And if you want to find the book, it is on Amazon and just search mm-hmm. October Never Ends. And you have a Facebook page? Yes, it is facebook.com slash Tiger Well, you know, you like we should say, you're always welcome here. This is your home. Just come on anytime. Don't be shy. Press that one and come on into the chat room, girl. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Tiger. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. She is so sweet. So sweet. We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room. If you're just tuning in, we are talking that talk about soul searching. We just had a fabulous interview with author Tyga. If you're just tuning in and you missed it, no worries. Just head over to our archives at the end of the show here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes or any podcast app you would like. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with Middle Neasy. All right. Gamer Boy. Gamer Boy. Gamer Boy. Good bitches love me, niggas hate me, haters plotting, I'm 
told you my hood ain't on? Who told you my hood ain't on? Cause whoever told you, told you wrong. All my niggas holding their own. Pushing work to the zone. Pushing that work out the phone. Yeah, we gotta work so it's on. So who told you my hood ain't on? Who told you my hood ain't on? Who told you my hood ain't on? Cause whoever told you, told you wrong. All my niggas holding their own. Pushing work on the phone. Pushing that work to the zone. Yeah, we gotta work so it's on. Finally, man, finally, finally. I know we done had a few hiccups, man. Y'all, yes. y'all, y'all all right? We done had some hiccups. We all right. We love you. We are so sorry, but we love this song. We love this song. So I'm going to put it in my phone and play it for people, um, like a ringtone. Is that okay? Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. That's good. Verbal. That's great. That's great. I'm going to get your verbal, your verbal approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So for everybody that's not familiar with your music, Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Oh uh, well, you know, middle me's of the Dallas Cowboy man. Um, you know that 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 yeah, track right there. Is... Hold 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 up, man. Hold hold up. This is Tony. Did you just say Dallas Cowboys on my show? Oh yeah, man. You know, I mean, it is what it is, man. I'm from I'm from Dallas, Texas, man. I'm a, I'm a huge cowboy fan. You know, I rock the cowboy hats and stuff like that, man. And, and that's just a moniker that just stuck with me. Wait, who, 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 who you a fan of? Who, who, who you a fan of? I live in New York. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, but you know what though? What's so what's so crazy though? You know what's so crazy? I mean, as long as long as you're not like a, a red skin or 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 uh or like a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I mean, we kind of uh-huh. you know I I, re- I rock with the Giants because they beat the Patriots a couple of times. You know, they beat the Patriots on the biggest stage on the, on the, on the, on the Super Bowl. So I ain't uh-huh. never really knocked the Giants, man. I never really knocked the Giants or whatever because you know they made me money before in the past. I will just say that like they, the Giants have made me money, you know, and, and uh, you know I always got a, like I always got love for Eli, man. And, See, see, I have, yeah. I'm thinking because I I host a sports show and I just went into sports mode when you said Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know what's up. I know what's up. I know what's up. I know what's up. 
I know what's up. But that's okay. <laughs> you still welcome here in the chat room. It's not. It's stay out and stay out and pitch it out. But I'll carry on. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, before I was uh interrupted by the by the giant by the New York giant. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, now, um, yeah, Middle Measy, man, Dallas Cowboy, man, um, that, that track right there, Who Told You, was produced by Game of Booming, um, that's on my, that's on my upcoming project, which is, uh, Hard Work Volume 2, uh, you can, you can, you can check that out on, uh, Tidal and Spotify, coming real soon, um, you know, a little bit about my music, it ain't rapping, it ain't hip-hop, it's crack cop, you can cook to it, hustles know what I'm talking about, uh, I'm just kind of always spinning the, uh, spinning the music from, uh, from just an in-depth view of, uh, of my time in the streets or, or things of people that I knew. That's what I kind of cover. Things I went through, mm-hmm. things I've seen other people go through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome, Easy. This is Tony, the Giant fan. Now, you didn't come up in here with this Dallas swagger, but I want you to just tell a lot of listening audience, what is your favorite part about being an artist? You know, my favorite thing about being an artist, man, is just the alternative. If I if I if I could just say it just for for sure, I mean you know music started off as just as a, a natural love, um, and it just started off as definitely as a way to express yourself. But when you kind mm-hmm. of find yourself on the uh, when you find yourself on the opposite end of the spectrum where where you actually live in your lyrics and and uh, you know you you actually kind of you know stuck in the street life, you know to be able to kind of sit back and just really just say like man you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm an artist now you know what I'm saying I'm not you know I'm I'm I made it out of that you know what I'm saying uh that, that's that's one of the that's one of the breaths of, uh, breath of breaths of fresh air for me. Um, you know, anybody know my story? Uh, well, you know, of course, y'all don't know my story, so we're gonna tell it. But you know, I mean, I, I really, uh, you know, I've I've been through a lot of different things. Uh, you know, jail time, all kind of different things. But uh, one thing that really kind of changed me and changed my outlook on a lot of things is just a near death experience, man. Uh, um, getting you know, getting robbed and um, you know, it's kind of you know, you know, being placed in a situation where you know, you know, you you, you risk losing your life over, you know, chasing money and, you know, you know, you know, chasing the, the, the hood and the street fame. And, uh, I just believe, uh, that that time period really changed my outlook and perspective on a lot of different things. And so now when I sit back and I look at it, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm doing music. I'm, you know, I, I move, I switch around this moved out here to Atlanta, really take it serious. You know, I mean, I, I think that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And this is still Tony, um, Izzy. You, you said something really key that kind of resonated with me. Living your lyrics. Now, we as the listening audience, you know, we hear all the, the, the beauty of the way you put your works together, the final product. But how much goes into putting those lyrics together and making sure that it flows and also making sure that you have some left over to, to produce more music with since you have so you know much what? that you want to put into it? You know, you know what's so crazy is, uh, I I would say that's a song to song, song by song basis, man. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we look at like energy, or we look at like, uh, you know, we look at anything energy related. It, it all is based off of fuel. And what I what I say is is is, is just depending on the beat that I get, uh, you know, you know, it energizes me in a certain level. Some beats challenge me to the point to where I want to put that extra work into it. Some beats, you know, they just kind of flow in a different type of way, and I'm just, you know, I'm able to just kind of catch on. Um, and, and, and so I, you know, I say, I say from that standpoint, when it really comes to, uh, you know, the timing and the, in the structure, everything, I really, I, I really believe that me as an artist, man, um, you know, which I'm extra hard and extra critical on myself, 
Uh, it's just one of those things where it's not an exact science, man. You just got to kind of get it right, you know. And it just depends on how much work you want to put into it, if you're just going to be satisfied with what you got. That particular track right there, Who Told You, uh, I think I wrote that twice. I think I wrote that twice. I think the first time it was kind of flowing a little bit. And when I got in the studio and I recorded, which and that's another thing, I'm known to kind of record songs like more than one time. Um, yeah. And the first time I kind of recorded that, um, you know, you know, it was cool, but, you know, I just felt like I could kind of, you know, come a different way. And I, I kind of kept some of the things that I had on there and I just kind of went back in and, and kind of went a little bit extra hard or whatever. So, you know, when it comes to uh, to, to what you say, which that's a, that's a good question. Nobody ever really asked me that. I, I just say it's just on a, a situation by situation basis, man. And, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just get on there, man, and give it all you got. Mm-hmm. Just for the record, Mr. Measy, you don't get normal when you come to the chat room. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, real deal, real deal. I like that. I like that. <laughs> you like that? And with that being said, this is still Tony Leach. You know, you can cut me off because I can go all night with Mr. Measy here, even though he is yeah. a Dallas fan. <laughs> but, nah, real but deal, with that real being deal. Said, <laughs> How do you keep your sound authentic? How do you keep it moving? You know what, me actually, man, um, and I, you know, you know, we all got our own little quirks or whatever. I don't really listen to a lot of music. I don't listen mm-hmm. to a lot of music. Well, 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 let me let me say this: I don't listen to a lot of rap music. You know, and if I okay. am listening to a lot of rap music, it's older. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the dude that you'll catch kind of listening. Uh, you know, you know, to some older music. You know what I'm saying? Um, then I'm also the dude that just catch you listening to some music outside of my genre. You know, if you go inside my playlist or whatever, it might be a little bit embarrassing a little bit. You know, you catch a little flow ride <laughs> off in there. You ain't no telling. You know, it's like uh, you, you, you know how somebody in the restroom and they and, and they changing clothes and maybe they got a frail chest or something, so they they don't want you to come inside the restroom. Well, I got a mm-hmm. weird playlist, man. So I don't really want nobody checking out my playlist. They'll just be like, damn. I mean, what you doing listening to Duke Ellington or something? You know what I'm saying? I I just I listen to stuff that kind of keep your mind free. And uh, mm-hmm. the reason why I started doing that, because I love music. I love all type of music. You know what I'm saying? I definitely love street music. I love, I, I mean, I love anything that kind of sounds good to me. But I found myself one time thinking that I was making a new track. Mm-hmm. And it was a song that I had really, that I had really probably caught a hold to, like osmosis type shit. And uh, mm-hmm. can we cuss on her? Can we cuss on her? You can say anything you want. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. It was a track that I had probably kind of picked up during osmosis or whatever, and 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 I and I looked up and I thought that I had really kind of made something original. And and yeah, I had made it in my own type of form, but it happened to be a little bit of a song. It was a it was a track by a dude named Lotto Savage. He got a song called Track uh, Trap It Out, and I was making a track called Trap It Out, and that was kind of like my last little start. It's probably happened maybe about a year or so, maybe almost a year and a half, two years ago. And when I seen myself doing it, I was just like, man, let me let me kind of kind of kind of back off of that. So yeah, I, I just mm-hmm. listen. I keep myself outside of my uh, my comfort zone music wise. I keep myself kind of you know in a mind frame or, or or in a situation where you know I'm um I'm listening I'm listening to open ended music. You know what I'm saying? Music, straight mm-hmm. instrument. You you you'll catch me just listening to instrumentals. You know, new new beat mm-hmm. instrumentals. You catch me just listening to stuff like that. And and that's 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 how I kind of kind of you know stay away from a lot and, and don't get it twisted i listen to other artists i do but i keep that at a minimal because you know mm-hmm. then now all of a sudden you know you 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 rapping this other dude pattern or you know right. you, you you more so yeah you know you just other people's stuff if you like it i mean that's a form of flattery you know what i'm saying uh what the, what, what do they say imitation is a form of flattery so you know i don't mean mm-hmm. it in a bad way you know artists do it all the time it's not a problem if i found myself doing it 
you know, I wouldn't trip, but I just try to, you know, um, you know, keep stay away from that. I just try to shy away from just listening to too much of another artist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But that's just a matter of being well-rounded in, in music, period. You know, you don't just sandwich yourself into one genre. You have a broader expanse of uh, just a love of the music. So there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, this is still Tony. Like, like, you know, at least you have to push me aside because I can get on a tangent. I can keep going. But how do you... <laughs> Naughty girls, man. It wasn't. I don't think it was last week. It was like the week before last, man. I, man I'm Who, like, I? man, what? Yeah. I, I was like, out. man, it's what? Man, I don't say, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. That that one show, man. Y'all was kind of going. Y'all was, y'all, y'all know what y'all was doing, man. I'm like, oh, look, man, what's, what is, you know? I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I, 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 I thought I doubted. I, I thought I asked him to dial a one eight hundred chat line, or a sex line, or something. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> but I with you. Know what you about to say? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> yeah, I think I dialed one eight hundred sexual chocolate or something. I don't know what. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. See, Meezy, that's a whole nother show. You don't got me going over here. Now, now, let me yeah. just take it back. See. <laughs> Yeah, 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 nah. But yeah, nah, y'all just, 
hey man, I, I ain't gonna even lie to you. I hope I got an A. Y'all just taught me something. <laughs> like y'all can great. <laughs> y'all just taught me something. That's, that's cool though. But you know, that's a good that's a good response. This is Tony Music, and the the woman that you described in the Atlanta part of that was is 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 unfortunately in the in the majority because yes, there are women that that do hold people. I mean, the word in my house has always been accountability. But you have yeah. to know when to hold back some of the words that you say and how you say them. And what you just mm-hmm. said to us, unfortunately, gets said quite a lot. And that kind of can throw you off. That can tune you out of, of the, yeah. what you're trying to receive from that woman. So you got to realize your approach. You got to realize your tone. And it's just a matter of just being, I want to say, respectful in the way you yeah. speak. Because I, I want someone to talk to me and hold me accountable. But if you come at me the wrong way, then you just son. I I shut down. You see what I'm saying? I, mean, I hey, shut down is the way you talk to me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm with I'm with that. I'm with that. You know, I mean, I try not to get too personal about it, but uh, coming out of a situation, I came out of a situation that that kind of uh, had I known that, had I known mm-hmm. that, just known that to the T, which you know you right. you don't miss something until it's gone. But had I known that mm-hmm. to the T at that point in time, a lot of things might have been just easier to, uh, to digest. You know what I'm saying? To be quite honest with uh, with you, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like society is making a lot of the men a lot softer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we we kind of you know we we've kind of been curved a little bit you know if we if we if we take it back to the to the dinosaur days we was walking around here with clubs and and killing our food and dragging it back to the house or whatever you know and now and now that 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 curve that 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 savage edge has has been kind of taken off of a man and so you know men are now a little bit more sensitive or a little, mm-hmm. I I really see a big flip in what's going on now you know men are sensitive a lot of women are turning into the provider so it's just like we, we, we live and we operate on a skewed scale of what of what feminism and masculinity is. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's kinda mm-hmm. it's kinda look crazy if you just look at it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you put it that way. This is still Tony because I think the world operated in a much better way when there was distinction between feminism and mannerism. Don't what do you think about that? I wouldn't hear. I wouldn't hear. So I don't yeah. know how old are you, eighty five or something? How, what's how let's get some birthdays let me, going on, man. I don't let, let me, I don't let know, me man. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you that one. You got an A plus on that one, but let me find out. You try to slap some age on Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good comeback. All right. Check for yeah. Mr. Measy, even though he's Dallas man. Go ahead, carry on. <laughs> But uh, but but yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't. Like I say, I wouldn't. You know, I'm only calling it from the way that you know the way that I that I see it. You know, you know, I, I watch, I watch. You know, I'm I'm looking at things just from a from a different standpoint. You know, for me personally, I mean, we just talking about love. I guess Valentine's Day is coming close. But if we talking about a step, the the subject of love or whatever. You know, I'm coming out of the era. I'm from the era of you know these hoes ain't shit, and you know I'm hard. You know all this. You know we coming from that from that little area. So you know. Mm-hmm. I just had my first love, and you know I'm on I'm in my early thirties. You know what I'm saying I'm 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 thirty one, so I mm-hmm. just had my first love. You know when I when I look back just through anything everything that I've been with or any female that I've been with to know that the love that I actually had for the the uh, the last female that I had, you know that that mm-hmm. was the first time that 
because I would characterize love as not only having the feeling, but then also being willing to take the necessary actions and precautions. And even though you fail at that, and what I had mm-hmm. to kind of learn is it's rare that a person does something for the first time and does it right. And so that's probably mm-hmm. the reason why I failed at that. But I know that the intention mm-hmm. and the will was there. I know that the intention and the mm-hmm. will was there. And I actually look back at other females that I was with and kind of feel a little bit sorry for them, um, you know, because they were just a lot of empty words as far as like, uh, you know, when you use that particular word. And, and now that I know what I know, I don't think I ever use that word as much anymore. I don't mm-hmm. think I use it as much anymore. It's something more. It's something more so that you show anyway. It's something more so that right. you show anyway, and it's just right. something that when it's gone or when it's missing, then that's when it's more prevalent, or that's when it means more to you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, um, mm-hmm. I, and I just like I say, that's just how I, that's how I look at it. But you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm coming out of a situation. I had to kind of look at my life, and I had to kind of decide. You know, hey, if I if I keep going this particular route, I'm not strong enough to mm-hmm. resist a lot of these temptations. You know, I'm from Dallas. A lot of people know me in Dallas. I'm not just the most popular person in Dallas. I'm not going to say that, but just my my unique bringing, my 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 unique upbringing. I'm you know I'm adopted. I'm raised more in a foster home, daycare kind of situation. So I grew up mm-hmm. you know on a day to day basis around 30 to 40 kids. So you know we all grow mm-hmm. up and we 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 not we not these little 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 uh, little, little sweet snotty nose little boys anymore. We out here we plotting, we trying to get things done. And I just kind of always found myself in the middle of a lot of things mm-hmm. in Dallas. And in the relationship that I also was in, I dragged that woman into, you know, the middle of all of this. And a lot of this stuff is real cute and fine. You know what I mean? A lot of, you know, mm-hmm. girls want the want the hot boy, they want they want to do with a nice car and, you know, living that particular life and making the money and everything. But there's also a downside mm-hmm. to it. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially let's say when you're dealing with a female that got kids. I was dealing with a woman that had kids and so I brought a lot of drama into that woman's life, you know what I'm saying? That you know, um that that, that now that I look back up on it you know, mm-hmm. for the way that I was kind of cut or the way that I was raised or where I come out of, it'll be a hard decision to make. Like, okay, I'm going to leave this street stuff alone. and I'm just going to go over here and get a job and, and do this and do that. And, um, and you know, that was just, a, you know, now, 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 did I truly love her then? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the question mm-hmm. I get raised with because I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice. I maybe yes, I, maybe I was, but I had mm-hmm. to second, I had to second think it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so, Mm-hmm. You know, in 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 a part of what I had to do and how I had to look at myself and 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 what it is that I'm trying to do with my life, I really had to leave Dallas. You know what I'm saying? I had to leave. Mm-hmm. I had I had to leave, and I had to come to where to where I felt that my 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 um you know my ability or or, or my opportunity to actually be able to make this happen was a lot more prevalent. But also mm-hmm. to not have to worry about having that slip up. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I have to worry about on that hard night making that call. Hey, say, bro. Hey, hey, look, man. Hey, I need, I need to get some kind of going, and just kind of just mm-hmm. then repeating that cycle all the way over again. And and, and you know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna catch me knocking nobody out there in the streets doing a hustle thing, man. I, I understand. I understand mm-hmm. all the way. You know, not everyone is probably blessed to have another hobby or another opportunity or something else. It is. There's a lot of dudes out here that don't know nothing. They don't know. They truly don't know no other way. And but mm-hmm. I, but I also feel that in knowing that I have another option, another way, and then coming so close to probably losing my life or, you know, definitely losing my freedom, um, mm-hmm. I then had to realize that I, I know I know another way. And and mm-hmm. with that being said, on a whole other level, as far as like maybe spiritually, or however it is you want to say it, I don't push anything on anybody. But you know, you can only get so much once your mind frame is open 
because you now you know you're doing wrong. You know what I'm saying? To live in right. ignorance, that's bliss. That's bliss. Hey, I don't know nothing. Else. If you ever notice, you ever see dudes, you see people out there, they 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 they, they treat people wrong, they do everything bad, and and they you know mm-hmm. nothing bad ever comes to them. It's because they don't know. But for the people who actually know or have an open mind frame, those are the people mm-hmm. that get punished. You know what I'm saying? They get punished. Like, oh, yeah, you know you should have been doing this over here. And people actually look at those people different. You know, you ever walk back? I was at a fish place the other day. The woman was just asking the dude, how many drinks did you get? Because he had paid for his food and everything. She had lost count. Oh, the dude went into this run. I paid for everything that I got. I did this and this. She's like, no, I'm not saying that. So I'm asking how many drinks did you get so I can kind of mark it off. And this dude just went on just like a, a rant. It took his girlfriend walking in. She's like, look, y'all, he's stupid. He don't know nothing. Everybody bust out laughing. Mm-hmm. They gave him that pass. They gave him that mm-hmm. pass because he really truly didn't know any better. You could actually look at him and see. But, but you know, on the on the flip end of it, when you have a person that, that uh that does at least have the intelligence, then you know that they could be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at your child. Right. Look at your child when they're two years old. You let them do all mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They, you walk in the restroom, they playing in the toilet water. You just gonna hit them on the head, mm-hmm. boy, boy, get out that toilet water. You know, come over here. When they get five or six, you like, man, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you know that's toilet water. You just pissed in there. You feel me? So it's just little things like that. That's, man. that's true. And you know, you brought up a great point when you were saying, telling us and sharing with us. Thank you for sharing that with us. That transition from the way you grew up and then going into a relationship. That transition doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that that you just fall into. It's a process, no, it's a journey that you have to take in, in order to get yeah. to that point. No, it is. It is. Matter of fact, man, why you plugging that? You know, anybody online listening, man, y'all want to watch me document my story? It's hashtag Journey to the Dream on Instagram. What what I've been doing is just kind of documenting okay. a lot of things that I've been going through on doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And I got to be real question, real. I got to be real skeptical, y'all. I got to be real, real tiptoe <laughs> on these questions because all of a sudden we'll find ourselves talking about being in a dark room with melted chocolate and. and 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 edible panties, like I don't know what y'all got. I mean, that first time I was this, I'm like, man, what is this? Where are we at? I'm like, what? Uh, what? No, 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 say y'all had. Say, did you know what y'all? Did y'all know? Did y'all hear y'all whole music that day when I was online? I was like waiting online. It was like do 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 do. It was the Twilight Zone whole music. I was like, man, what is? Oh my lord! The phone, You're killing me, my phone You're turned into me. a condom. My phone turned into a condom. <laughs> I was I was drinking a Coca Cola. It turned into a bottle of KY jelly. I was like, man, what the? What's the where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and whatever that rapper, whatever that rapper y'all had online, he showed was just he was going. I I don't know if he was a rapper or if he was like a, a, a BDSM uh, specialist. Author. He was the author. Oh man, what, what, what book did he mean? got? <laughs> Plug him in, man. Whatever well, that book, what he got? Eighty shades. What he got? Eighty shades of black. He he wrote eighty shades of black and gray or something. What's, what was that? Oh no. man. Man. <laughs> no, he talking about blacktop. When we had blacktop on. Oh, last. See, week. look, I didn't even know his name. Look, black. Oh his yeah, okay. Is, oh yeah. His name is Blacktop. He has a new oh, book yeah. coming Already, you can order that book on Pornhub, right? Okay, okay. 
All right, all right. You know, coming in, got my papers all askew on my pe- on my desk. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope they're not wet, man. Just try and put them in the microwave <laughs> or something, man. I don't know, man. That's... Yeah, I can't, I can't with you, Lizzie. I can't with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I have so enjoyed you. You, you, you know, you can come back here anytime, right? You know that, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool, it's cool. I'm like I say, man. I'm, I'm, you know, hey. Hey, hey, I'm I'm watching y'all, man. I don't, I don't you know. <laughs> now I'm going to have to be like, oh, is me say, in the chat room tonight? <laughs> yeah, and then some dude called in, too, was like, what was that, a solicitation? or something? like, oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, man. that was that what... nut call. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happened. like, man. That's what happened. Look, that's what happened last week when you called because you called from the same area code, and we was like, is that the crazy man? Oh, no. Oh, my God. I don't know what it is. Oh, he's from Dallas, too? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, he's from Dallas. Oh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. We're we going to trade him. We'll trade him for you Blacktop. Gonna trade him. <laughs> yeah, we're going to trade, trade him for Blacktop. Yeah. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. We'll trade him for Blacktop and a number two pencil, man. Blacktop and a number two pencil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I have so enjoyed okay, you. Okay, so you know really? that when you come on, the, you since you listen to us, you you listen to us for a minute. You know when you come over here, you know we we do something fun. So, um, this is a fun <laughs> one. I know I don't know what she's gonna come at. You never know what kind of bag she's gonna come out of. Um, yeah. So, just you know, pass <laughs> us. Oh. Meezy has brought out the something in me tonight. I'm just gonna just put it out there, Meezy. You ready? Oh, uh, I think so. I Uh-oh. hope I hope I am. I hope I am. I don't. Okay, I don't I'm know. A, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready. Not yet. I'm go okay, ahead. I'm go go ahead. Easy. I'm gonna go easy on you because you're a Dallas fan. You can only handle with so much. <laughs> just gonna pressure that. But um. It has to do with music, and I just want you to drop a few bars talking about a hot blog talk radio show with two fabulous females, and I want you to insert a prop, and I want it to be prevalent. I want you to insert the cracking of a whip. The cracking of a whip? Yep, cracking yeah, Hold on, you want me to, you want me to freestyle <laughs> yeah, and, and, and... <laughs> Yes. Oh, um... Oh, fingers itching, gritting, grinding like crazy. Crap, of whipping now, I'm driving her crazy. I don't know, man. That's that's probably. See, I, that's, I, I don't know. It. You were on a, you were, that was good. Give me, just give me a little bit more. You gotta insert Miss Tony, Miss Leisha up in there, you know. And that niggas be watching my lady. That she be driving me crazy. Well, that hoe be driving me crazy. I don't know, man. I'm not just the best freestyler, man. I'm not, but y'all, y'all kind of got me. That's about it, man. That's that's because I don't, I don't, I ain't got it like that. I ain't got it like that. I, I cracked the whip on Tony and the New York Giant lady. That's... <laughs> All right, well, we'll take that. But you on the roll. I love the way you started it off. So you're going to have to give us something next time you come back. Is that a deal? Oh, yeah, that's a deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we always enjoy you when you come up into the chat room. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I made it out alive this time. I'm, I'm, my, 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 my pants are dry, so I know I wouldn't too. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm all the way good, man. Hey, man, I appreciate everybody listening to you, boy, man. I'm rocking with these two females right here, man. Some of the sexiest, hottest, dirty mouth females on the on the blog talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah. But, yeah, man, y'all can check me out, man. Middle Me, the Journey to the Dream, hashtag Journey to the Dream on Instagram. Man, y'all can download the uh, the app on, on your Android or iTunes phone, Middle Me, the Space TV. Um, also, man, Hard Work Volume 2 coming real soon. Spotify and Tidal. Love y'all ladies, man. I'm out. Okay, now you can get your music anywhere music is sold, right, Meezy? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Even though you're a Dallas fan, I'm not gonna hold it against you. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. It's a lot of things I'm not gonna hold against y'all, man. Cause they, I might not get them back. I might not get it back. I might not get it back at all. It might just be gone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I can tell. <laughs> all right, y'all. Take, all right, y'all. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, Liz, you know I enjoyed that, right? That was fun. Yes, that was so fun. <laughs> Absolutely fun. And we have our next artist. Shout out. We got Dr. Steele. He's going to come Uh-oh. up in here and, and spend some knowledge for us, all right? Hey, how are you? Dr. Phil? Hi, Dr. Phil. Great hey, show y'all got you? going on. Beautiful. Blessing and holy <laughs> favor. You. How y'all ladies doing? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to try to pull myself back for, for your interview. Is that okay? <laughs> great, man. Definitely enjoying it. Just found y'all on Instagram. Uh, Shout out Colossal you. Records Music Group, you know, letting me know about y'all. That's what's up. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. For all of those that are not familiar with you and your music, tell me a little bit about yourself and your work. Um, Dr. Phil, Chef Boyarda album drops tomorrow. Make sure y'all cop it everywhere, but y'all can get it right now on my website, www.dphillent.com. That's drphillent.com. Uh, I'm the host of the Heartbreaker World Tour. We got this lady, this sexy ladies competition. We'd love to have y'all come out free VIP passes. But if y'all can't make it out, y'all can just check us out online. That's Heartbreaker World Tour, Facebook, everywhere, Heartbreaker World Tour. Um, as far as my music goes, ladies, I don't drop nothing but hits. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you ain't never heard of me, you got to go search Dr. Phil ENT somewhere, and I promise you, I ain't going to let you down. All right. Okay. Now I hear that accent. Where are you from, Dr. Phil? I'm from Alabama. <laughs> I kind of thought Bullet so. I kind of heard Alabama that point. To be exact. Bullet Terrace, the big uh, Alabama, that's about an hour or so away from Birmingham. What's the name of the town? Bullet Terrace. Uh, it's a real small little corner of the map in Alabama. Cause I, I never heard of that, and I'm from Alabama. I'm from Gaston, Alabama. Gaston. 
Yeah, I know you had to hurt the bubble tears. I can't believe you never heard bubble tears around Huntsville. I, I know. Okay, I know okay, you. I got family in Huntsville. Okay, 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 okay. Then I guarantee you call your family and ask them about bubble tears. They're gonna be, oh yeah, Doctor Phil and them putting on. All right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come behind your pen when you sit down to write and and express how you're feeling where is that passion coming from straight from the heart sometimes I don't even write though I just come off the head depends on how the beat take me but um Mm -hmm. I ain't started making music until my sister passed away Uh, may she rest Mm -hmm. in peace Elizabeth Carroll Cobb she died in 2008, but before she died, I had to go pick her up from Job Corps, and on the ride home, she was just, she liked Gucci Man. He had this song called The Light Show. That was her favorite song. She had me play that song, and then she just said she seen me as a rapper, you know what I mean? And I guess it really ain't make sense until I saw one of my partners making music. Shout out to Mook. He he just got his little deal with Zaytoven. Shout out to Zaytoven Beats. He on his little tour. He should be coming mm-hmm. to Birmingham Saturday. So if you're in the Birmingham, Alabama area, make sure you come check out Zaytoven. Going to be live in his little producer mastering class. So make sure y'all come mm-hmm. check him out. That sounds like it could be uh a, a fun place to be had. Now, this is Tony, um, Dr. Phil. I, it just seems so strange saying, Dr. Phil, do you like performing live or, or working in the studio? Do, do you prefer one over the other? I like being on stage more than the studio. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing like being on stage, seeing the fans out there, mm-hmm. and that beat drop. It's time to show out. Mm. And and the energy is that energy something that you can explain to us? I mean, as an artist, when you you're performing on stage and you have your fans before you, how how does that energy flow within yourself? I mean, you gotta just be turned when you're dropping the music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess that's the best way for me to say it. Mm-hmm. You gotta be lit, man. If you ain't lit, if you ain't enjoying it, I don't think the crowd gonna be into it. If you ain't pumped, what makes you think the crowd gonna be pumped? The way I look at it. You gotta bring energy to get energy, then, huh? Every second, gotta get a fans their money's worth. Mm-hmm. Now, Absolutely. You, you seem like you're very laid back. I'm sorry, Lee, um, Doctor. But you seem like you're very laid back. I mean, when the lights are off and the mic is turned down and and and, and the curtains closed, what does Doctor Phil like to do? Um, it's the first of the month. You know, I kind of was up all last night. Got a lot of patients that uh do a lot of house calls for. You know, work at a gym called Workout Anytime here. We do house call training and everything like that. Um. We also have a talk show called The Industry Doctors that we host, and we give a lot of tips away about um, marketing and health and 
You can go look that up on Facebook, Instagram, Industry Doctors, The Industry Doctors on Facebook, Industry Doctors on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure y'all check that out and tune in. Okay. Absolutely. Now, I want to go back. I want to go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. I want to take it back, way back. (laughs) I want to take it back to, you know, when you were younger. Did you ever see yourself going or being positioned the way you are positioned now? What was your vision for yourself at that younger version of you? I never thought about making music Like I told you until my sister passed So it wasn't like I just Thought I was going to be a musician When I was younger I was I thought I was going to be some type of athlete I played a lot of sports In in school And um, Played football I was in the band Played tritons and bass drum And snare drum Mm-hmm. So I guess music, I always had an ear for music, but I just, you know, never was the one freestyling around and stuff like that. Yeah. Nah, I love the ladies, and ladies love Dr. Fields more so, you know, the ladies, man. I guess that's what a cool, calm, collectiveness come back. But I'm telling you, <laughs> search Dr. Phil mm-hmm. with two L's, Heartbreaker World Tour, February 24th at Players Club, if y'all Around Huntsville, Alabama Make sure y'all come to Players Club For the Heartbreaker World Tour And if you can't come to the show Watch us on Facebook They will have the cameras going We will be live streaming It's going to be a beautiful occasion mm-hmm. Absolutely Now tell us tell us how you got connected With Colossal Music Group uh, That was through my um, Associates at Artillery South, um, who my my label mate now, Mook, was signed to back then. And, um, you know, as an independent artist, all we have really is the drive and the faith. You got to have the faith in yourself that you're going to be able to just happen. And, mm-hmm. and uh, like you say, I, I sell a lot of my website before I even try to go to another platform and sell my music, mainly because I can keep more of the money selling off my site. You know, you're only getting cents when you're going to, like, iTunes and Spotify and sites like that. So I think I, it was a blessing for me to get with Colossal Record Music Group. Because there was a lot of things I didn't know Still being mm-hmm. you know, Young in the game And mm-hmm. you can never stop learning If you ain't if you ain't getting knowledge Something wrong You know I've been learning while I'm listening to your show Men need to check for breast cancer You know I'm the mm-hmm. doctor <laughs> My health mm-hmm. Skills I don't have my PhD in health So thank you ladies <laughs> You're welcome we try to keep it informative. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. We try to educate everyone when we can. <laughs> now, Dr. Phil with two L's, this is Tony. I have a question for you. I want to talk a little bit more about your music. 
Dr. Phil with two L's. Now, when you do what you love to do, which is performing in front of a live audience, when you introduce new music to them, how is it, and do you feel some type of anxiety on how they're receptive or what's your favorite part about introducing new music to your audience? Take us through an a introduction of a new song. Well, there's no butterflies. I can reassure you that it's more so I can't wait to have this crowd rocking with me on, on this new this new flavor, this new drip I'm getting ready to introduce to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it's all about right there. Well, I'm sure they enjoy the, the, the um hear new music from you. I know I always love hearing new music from my favorite artists. So uh, we thank you for your contribution to music. And at the shows, you got to be sauce walking down through there. You know what I mean? You got to be dapper. You don't want to <laughs> see your favorite rapper looking bummy, dirty, and, you know what I'm saying, busted and disgusted. <laughs> they want to see. Absolutely. They want to see the Versace Some shirts of these and all this and that going. You know, Absolutely. some of these PR shoes. people need to let their clients know that. Some of these PR Gucci people need to pass it on. Some of their clients. You got to step it up, man. If you ain't sauce walking in the Gucci socks, man, I don't know you playing with yourself. Straight like that. Now, tell us about your tell us about your single that you have with um, Six Trade uh, G, Get Them Bands. Tell us a little bit about that before you play it. Um, It's on my... N- New album, not just getting ready to drop tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I got about three albums that's just on the shelf waiting. You know, I've been working. I've been working hard for the fans, you know what I'm saying? But Get Them mm-hmm. Bands is produced by Problems, featuring Six Churchy. It's on my Half Man, Half Amazing album, because I'm Half mm-hmm. Man, Half Amazing, ladies. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> Miss that Amazing with two L's. Yeah, if you if you're searching on Facebook, you got to put the just put in Heartbreaker World Tour, and I'm gonna pop all the way up. Heartbreaker oh. Space World Space Tour. All right, make, make sure you guys go check them out to all our listening audience. Now, before we play, you playing that song yet, Lee? I want to ask them a quick question, um, Doctor Phil. Is there a musician that you would love to bring back to life and just to hear their music one more time live? Dobie. Rest in peace, mm-hmm. Dobie. He was a talented, talented mm-hmm. artist. I mean, I like Biggie and Pop, but I couldn't really relate to Biggie and Pop. You know what I mean? I've never mm-hmm. went to college in Pop situation. You know, um, as far as Biggie's situation, I wasn't raised up north in New York. You know what I mean? Down Mm -hmm. south, you know, I could just kind of relate more to what Dobie was speaking on and a lot of his topics. Mm -hmm. So rest in peace, Mm -hmm. Dobie, man. Alabama power, I got us. (laughs) Absolutely. And you came back with that on point. You were already – so he must be true and near and true to your heart because you were right on point when I asked that question. No hesitation. Oh, I love Dobie, man. That was my guy, man. That was mm-hmm. my guy. 
And in addition I, to Dolby, is there anything that you love more than than singing and writing music? Is there anything else that you're passionate about? Just educating my children, man, and trying to make sure they is focused on their futures, because in today's society, it's so much to get so easy to get caught up and led astray, and just more so keeping communication. Um, open between me and my children So they're not they, You know they're just free to come talk to me About any and everything So I can give them the proper advice So they'll be success In whatever they try mm-hmm. to do In life mm-hmm. That's, get that's started key on to them, having you know. that, Key to having that open relationship That they can come and talk to you about anything That's That's important Absolutely Absolutely now we're gonna play this new song from you. Mhm. Okay. Let's get this. Get them bands. Make sure y'all let me know what y'all think about it after we finish listening to it too, ladies. Okay. We definitely will.
that money, get that money. <laughs> yes. All right now, Miss Doctor Phil with two L's. Told you, ladies, we ain't dropping number hits over here, baby. Half man, half amazing. Half man, half amazing. It's gonna be in a store near you. Probably release it some sometime close to the summer. Like I said, I got Chef Boyard cocaine dropping tomorrow. Make sure you come copy from my website tonight. www.drphillent.com. I can see that dropping in the summertime with that kind of beat. And, uh, you know, with those prices that you was quoting in that song, it's definitely not cheaper to keep her. I'm just saying. <laughs> the nanny and the patty and the and the bundles. Hey, we do the most on the Heartbreaker World Tour. Ladies, if you're interested in being a Heartbreaker model, you need to come on the Facebook and search Heartbreaker World Tour and just, you know what I'm saying, hit us up, and we're going to get the business. You know what I'm saying? We got the Get Them Bands Dance Challenge blowing up right now. Post your best right. dance videos to my new song that you just heard right here on Let's Talk, Get Them Bands. All right. That's all yeah, over the place, bands. man. Follow me you on heard Instagram, right here. Dr. Phil, E-N-T. I just follow John, too, and just like, just, just, just like everything on your page. Okay. Well, thank you. We're going to do the same. But, um... Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show, too. You are so welcome. We appreciate Greatly you coming to with us. And you have any oh, new music for your album will come out, you want to share any songs with us, feel free to let us know. You are always welcome. Oh, thank you, ladies, for having me and making me feel welcome. Oh, well, uh, you are more than welcome. Thank now I'm gonna give you a fun question as you leave the chat room, uh, Doctor Phil with two L's. And uh it, it's gonna it's gonna be painless. <laughs> and we appreciate you hanging with us for the whole show. That's just all awesome and it's just amazing with two L's. But it as an artist, as a singing audience, you were stranded on an island. What three things would you absolutely have hope to have in order to survive? Definitely some wood so I can make a fire. Okay. And and fish, you know, I use the wood to fish, so definitely plenty of trees. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to fish and cook. And um... Hopefully, I would have some type of boat with fuel so I could leave the island. What about a fun object? You wouldn't want a fun object? Um, uh, maybe a jet to get up off the island. I know you said stranded, but I'd have to have some way to get away from the island. I mean, after so much fishing and cooking and everything, you know, I'd probably <laughs> get a little tired. Need to get off the island. You know, maybe uh, go back to I the mainland, have, right? I would have to have uh, some company if I was stranded, though. There maybe you, you ladies go. would love to join me. <laughs> there you go. We'd be stranded on go. the island. Heartbreaker stranded on the island. Stranded on the island with Doctor Phil with two L's. 
It'll be littered in Gilligan's Island, I can reassure you, ladies. Way littered in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Lit on the stranded island. Love it. <laughs> he said littered in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> It'll be Dr. Seals Island. How about that? <laughs> Oh, uh, if, oh, if we mind, we definitely have to have a way away from there, though. You know what I'm saying? Paradise is no fun if we can't enjoy it. Well, paradise is no fun if Dr. Phil ain't got none. With that, we got to say good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mm. goodness. Um, Dr. Phil, thank you once again. And just give a quick shout out of your social media so um, I listen to the audience and grab, to grab that. And when? And where they can they get your music? Uh, Dr. Phil, D R P H I L L E N T everywhere, and can cop my music on iTunes, of course. But the best place to cop it is www.drphillent.com. And thanks for having me. Y'all have a blessed night, ladies. Okay, you're welcome. You this is your home. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good night, Dr. Phil with two L. <laughs> All right, y'all too. Okay, bye-bye. That was awesome. I had fun with him, Leash. I had fun with him. <laughs> we had a great night. Shout out to Colossal Music Group and Dylan Cash for getting all of these fabulous guests on for us today. We got some fabulous conversation. We got some fabulous music. We got... A fabulous, fabulous show today. If you're just tuning in and you missed it, no worries. You can go back and check out our archives here on blogtalk.com. And y'all know we always, our new thing for 2018 is our trending topic. Our trending topic is a little hot. Um, It's a little hot this week, and we're having a hot, hot show tomorrow talking about he says, she says. That will be on tomorrow. But the topic is, your woman is here to keep you accountable and push you to be a better man. And I wanted to talk about that. Now, this is the thing, ladies, and, and men, because in, by, by no means am I saying um, – because you can have strength, right? You can have strength, but there is mm-hmm. verbal and physical abuse, which is never okay. So we're not saying right. that. Um, because women right. can be abusive as well as men can be abusive. It, it goes both ways. Right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, your woman is there to do something for you and to pour into your life. And so we mm-hmm. had a lot of different things that happened with this topic. One thing that I learned is, it's not really what you say, it's how it's received. So mm-hmm. there were a few gentlemen that had an issue with the word push because they feel like no woman can push me if, you know, I'm a man. I push myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so shout out to Thomas Williams because the way he broke it down oh. was, to be pushed means that you're not ready to move. You know what I'm mm. saying? Mhm. So, and I see that point. 
But at the same time, I took that as the word control as an example for women. When you use the word control for a woman, I don't know for anybody else, but for me, I get offended. Mm -hmm. Because I don't feel that in no way, shape, or form is a man ever to control you at at no point in time. However, Mm -hmm. when your man bends your ear, his words have to have weight. And that in itself is a form of control when his words weigh on you in a positive way. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. To, And that is a form of control. But if somebody was to say a man is supposed to control his woman, I have a problem with that all the way around because I don't feel like any man is supposed to control you at all for no reason whatsoever. Right. I think that um, – I want to shout out to our people. We want to go through some of these posts because um, Quentin James, uh, Quentin uh, who will be Morgan who will be on tomorrow, he broke it down because he he said absolutely there should be uh, they're there to push us to do better mm-hmm. and hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. True men do not have to have his want. A true man does not have to have his woman push him to do better. True men want to do better, not just for himself, but also because of her as well. She doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily need to push him because of her. He pushes himself. It's great that she holds him accountable. However, true men hold their accountable and respect the woman for holding him up to his accountability. And so somebody felt like that was a little double language. Mm -hmm. And so we had had, uh, the fabulous Sheena Brown. She said, women are not supposed to raise men. We push and hold our children accountable, not men. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, they were going in on that post and uh, it's interesting how different everybody's take was on certain words in that phrase. So it's going to be an interesting night tomorrow as we delve into Absolutely, it further. Because yeah, because it's all about how people received it. Some people didn't see, some men, did, and we have more women, more men to speak instead, and, and not a lot of women. But uh-huh. it was interesting on how some received it. Some were like, absolutely. They didn't have an issue with the word push. But you have some men where I think there are some words that we use that Mm -hmm. cause sensitivity. You know what I'm saying? They instantly cause sensitivity for men and women. And Mm -hmm. it's not that it was used in a way to make you feel a certain way, but that's how it was taken. Mm -hmm. What do you think, T? But I think certain words just trigger the opposite of what you're trying to say. Certain words just trigger that pushback, if you want to keep it in the, in the pushing language. I think it just makes them react in a different way because they may be they may feel like you're trying to tell them to do something, and you maybe just may just be suggesting something. But I think it's all in the way perception is so important, and especially when you're on the keyboard, you know, that, that on the keyboard and where you read it and the way you receive it. So it's going to be different face-to-face as when you see it on a keyboard. That plays a role into it as well. 
Absolutely. So tomorrow night, y'all, make sure y'all tune in. It's going down right here in the chat room. We're talking about he says, she says, and that's really what it is. Because a man will say the same thing that a woman says, but we will hear two different things. Ain't that crazy? That's true. How that's you true. say the same thing and hear two different things at the same time? Mm-hmm. So it's going to that's be so interesting true. to get uh, Felicia Hamilton's point of view because she is a strong woman, and then we got Quentin Morgan, who is a strong man. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how um, the conversation goes tomorrow. So we want you guys to make sure you tune in. And then, of course, okay. y'all know, next week, we got the fabulous Nikki Turner in the building. We got LaDell Hunt in the building. We got Melvin Jackson, Jr., who is an actor. Uh, he will be in the building tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry, next uh, Thursday. Next Friday, mm-hmm. we got the fabulous comedian Coco Brown, Nikki Hill, the author, and uh, actor uh, and director and author, um, Lazarell is going to be back, and we're going to be talking about film. Um, okay. And he's going to drop some, some jewels. So I'm excited because uh, we have a great, 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 some great shows coming up this this month, and we're excited. We are excited for you guys. Thank you guys for supporting us and everything that we do. We will talk to mm-hmm. you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. Have a good night, everyone. Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia
streets and strange rooms. 